Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thanks for coming, and uh, thank you, pastors, for inviting us and hosting us once again. We uh, have always enjoyed coming here in the past. Look forward to many times in the future, and up in Kansas as well. I think we'll be up there later this year. Uh, This is our Cherish Light tour. Uh, We began in Branson and uh, with Pastor Keith and Phyllis Moore, and then we worked our way down to Little Rock, and then from here back. Of course, everybody will go their separate ways. We've got people from all over the country, and uh, many of us will be heading back to Fort Worth. But it has been a wonderful tour, beautiful country up here, praise God. And uh, it's just always an honor to, to have an opportunity to ride with such wonderful people. Church of Light, uh, we formed many, many years ago as one of the outreaches of Jerry Savelle Ministries International. Uh, many of you heard me talk about it in the past. I won't spend a whole lot of time, but I grew up riding motorcycles, and after I came to the Lord, I walked away from that, thought I'd never do it again. But many years later, the Lord said, take what once was your passion and turn it into a tool for evangelism. And so he began to give me motorcycles again. And eventually we began the Chariots of Light Christian Bikers. We have chapters all over America, chapters in several other nations as well. I get to ride motorcycles all over the world. And I can't wipe the smile off my face thinking God pays me to do this. Hallelujah. And, uh, and since that time, we've had just through the Chariots of Light, just this one outreach, there have been over 400,000 people come to Christ. Amen. Over 400,000 people. Isn't that amazing? And just this year, there's been over 17,000 decisions for Christ through Chariots of Light. And now our group, uh, many of the outreach uh, team, is headed to Sturgis, which is one of the largest secular motorcycle rallies in the country. And uh, it's not uncommon for them to win several thousand people to the Lord while they're there. And uh, that's where they're headed next. So keep them in prayer. And I always like to say, if you've got a problem with motorcycles, get over it. God's using it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'll be 75 years old later this year. I'm still riding. And when I can't handle two wheels, I'll be riding three wheels. Praise God. So I just intend to keep doing this till Jesus comes. Now, I want to do this before I get into the message this morning. All of the Chariots of Light members and guests that have been on the tour this time. Now, some of them have already had to leave and go back home. But all of the Chariots of Light members that are still with us on the tour, please stand up. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. You can be seated, guys. Of course, Bill and Ginger Horner, our national, international directors for Chariots of Light, And what a great blessing they are. They are some of the most passionate soul winners I have ever met in my life. And uh, it's such an honor to have them as 
as uh, heading up the Chariots of Light for us. And then I also have my oldest daughter, Jerry Ann, and son-in-law, Carl, here with me, and they're members of the Chariots of Light. Please stand and give them a good welcome. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Jerry Ann is the boy I never had. Okay. <laughs> she, she does things that with me that I always like doing, growing up doing. She goes to drag races with me. She rides the motorcycles with me. She likes loud, fast, and speed. And I'm not talking drugs. We're talking horsepower, okay? I don't know, I don't know anything about that drug called speed. You'll have to ask Jesse to plan us about that. I don't know anything. About <laughs> Amen. Have you got your Bibles with you this morning? Let's open them to Psalm 31. Now, I'll tell you what. You hold your place in Psalm 31, and let's go to Psalm 3, first of all. <clears throat> Coming into 2021, uh, the Holy Spirit said to me that everywhere I preach this year to challenge believers to begin to expect abundant overflow. Abundant overflow. Say that with me. Abundant overflow. God is a God of abundance. He's not the God of lack. He's the God of abundance. Amen. And then a little later into the year, he said, and I want you to add to that this. Tell them to begin to expect an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness of God. And unprecedented obviously would mean like you've never experienced before. Amen. Amen. Beyond what you've ever experienced before. Now, I've experienced the goodness of God all my life, ever, particularly since I've, I've surrendered my life to the Lord back in 1969. God has been good to Jerry Savelle. And I say it often. You've heard me say it. I don't know why I'm his favorite child. I just am. <laughs> And you do come a close second, but I am his favorite. He just makes me feel that way. He's just been so good to me. Praise God. I mean, if, if God never did another thing for me, I could go to heaven and say, I must have been God's favorite child while I was in the earth. He's been so good. And uh, uh, I can't thank him enough. And I, I, I really appreciate how that he totally changed my idea of him after I got into the Word of God beginning back there in 1969. I grew up in a little country Baptist church down at the end of our road. I don't remember our pastor ever talking about the blessing of God. Now, he might have, but I don't remember it. And I never heard him, I certainly never heard him talk about having favor with God. That just didn't exist as far as we were concerned. And... Uh, uh, how could anybody have favor with God? You know? And, uh, but I did hear things like, there's none righteous, no, not one. I heard our righteousness is as filthy rags. And, uh, and it was always, and, and I know the pastor loved God, and I know he meant well, and, and I really liked him. I mean, uh, as a young boy, I'd go down and mow his yard for him every week. I, I thought the world of our pastor. He lived down at the end of the road just across from the church. And uh, uh, I know he meant well, but I later realized he was bogged down, so to speak, in 
Baptist tradition. And he had little insight into revelation knowledge. Now, I'm not criticizing him for that, but I didn't know that God loved me like I know it now. I always heard God was out to get me. How many of you ever heard that? You know, I never heard a positive message on sowing and reaping. I did hear messages on sowing and reaping, but it was never positive. I'd hear it like this. One of these days, boys, you're going to reap what you sow. You keep sowing all them wild oats and they're going to grow up. I never heard that you could sow positive seeds and reap positive harvest. Not until I began to discover it for myself in the Word of God beginning back in 1969. And that's when God began to teach me. It's the first revelation I received. Uh, Shortly after I, I had owned an automotive business, I shut that business down and began to prepare for full-time ministry and, and the Holy Spirit instructed me to spend the next three months, no less than eight hours a day, studying the Word of God. And he said, at the end of three months, I will make a preacher out of you. And so I did that. And during that first three months, God began to teach me about the favor of God. I'd never heard anybody even mention the phrase I didn't even know it existed. As I said earlier, how could you have favor with God? I knew I had favor with certain people, you know, but how could you ever have favor with God if he's out to get you, you know? Uh, how could you have favor with God if, if nothing you do or nothing you like, he likes? You know, that was kind of the idea I had of God. I thought, if I like it, he's against it. That's what I was told. Anybody else ever hear that? (laughs) But I found out that was a lie. And when I found out I had favor with God, it changed my entire life. And that became the first revelation I received from the Lord. And I studied it day and night. I studied it for months. And I remember one day, the Lord had told me, everything I share with you, everything I reveal to you, journal it. So I started a journal back there in 1969. I've kept journals all these years, and they're all in my archives. And back there in 1969, after studying the favor of God, I heard the Spirit of God say this, and I wrote it in that journal. He said, there will come a day when your name will be known around the world for the favor of God that's on your life and ministry. And then I'll hold you responsible for teaching others how to walk in it as you do. Now, I wrote that in 1969. Now, I didn't tell a soul about it. I didn't even tell my wife. I mean, I'm less than three months old in the Lord. And you don't go to church next Sunday and say, guess what? My name will be known around the world. No, you don't do that. I didn't tell a soul. I just kept it to myself. But eventually, not overnight, not in a matter of a year or two, but eventually it came to pass. And today, My name is known around the world. I've had the privilege of preaching in 49 different nations. And every nation I've been to, my reputation has preceded me. People tell me before I even get there, oh, Mr. Favor. They'll they'll introduce me as Dr. Favor. There's even been a hip-hop song written about me (laughs) and the favor of God. You haven't heard it? You ought to listen to it. It's on YouTube. It's called Give Me the Favor Flow. And it's by Terry Minor Jr. 
And I'm not into hip-hop, but I like this one. I'm trying to learn the moves, you know. And said, give me the favor flow. Give me the favor flow. All is well. I want favor like Jerry Savelle. It's in the song. Listen to it. It's on YouTube. Amen. Now, how many people are writing songs about you? <laughs> and so it's happened. My, my ministry, my name has been known around the world for the favor of God. I call it my signature message. Like Brother Hagin used to say uh, that when God raised him up, he said, teach my people faith. That was his signature message. Every message Kenneth Hagin preached was centered around faith. Brother Oral Roberts' message, signature message was healing and miracles. God raised him up and said, take healing to your generation. When I think of Kenneth Copeland, I think his signature message because nobody has ever taught more and given more revelation than he on the subject of God's laws of prosperity. That's his signature message. Mine is the favor of God. And because of that, guess what I'm going to talk about this morning? The favor of God. (laughs) Amen. Now, notice here in Psalm 3 and verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Notice this phrase. Your blessing is upon your people. That says we're not going to get the blessing when we get to heaven. It's on us right now. The moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God conferred his blessing on your life. Whether you ever experience it or not, whether you ever uh, enjoy the benefits of it or not, it's on you. And if you don't enjoy it, it'll be because it's your fault, not God's. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Really appreciate my response today. No, it's on you. In fact, I like to say, I came in here with it on me. I'm going to walk out of here with it on me. I'm going to spend the rest of the day with it on me. I'm going to bed tonight with it on me. And I'm going to wake up in the morning with it on me. It is on me. And it's on me big time. Hallelujah. Well, if you study your Bible closely, you'll understand and you'll come to this uh, conclusion that you can't have the blessing without favor because they're inseparable. If you remember, God said to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, before changing his name to Abraham. He said, I will bless thee, make your name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. In the Amplified Bible it says, I will bless thee and give thee an abundant increase of favors. So that shows us that the blessing and favor are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. Look at somebody and tell them, the blessing of God is on my life. And the favor of God is on my life. And I thank God to give the Lord a good shout for it. Praise God. Amen. Now, now, people hear me say that and they, sh- they hear me uh, pointed out from the word of God. And many times they walk right out of the building and, and that's the last time they even talk about it. You know, in the many Christian households today, the word blessing is very rarely used. Unless somebody sneezes. God bless you. 
I don't know where we got that, but many times that's the only time they ever hear the word bless. You know, I learned that the word bless means to empower to prosper. Empower to increase. Empower to multiply. To excel. That's what the word bless means. And God said, I will bless you. I will give you increased favor. But then over in the book of Galatians, as you well know, the Apostle Paul says, and if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the blessing or according to the promise. Amen. So that same blessing that was on Abraham is now on you. The same favor that Abraham walked in, you are entitled to walk in. Amen. Now, whether you believe it or not, it's there. I I remember uh, when I was growing up, there was a, a boy that was my best friend, lived across the street from me. His name was Kenny Hennard. And Kenny and I were the same age, and, and we, we went to school together all the way from elementary to uh, graduating high school together. And Kenny and I did everything together. And uh, I remember one time my sister, who's younger than me, she wanted to learn to play the piano. And she, and she kept telling my mother, I, I want to take piano lessons. And so finally, mom said to her, well, Shirley, if, if we spend this on you to take piano lessons, then you're going to keep up with it. We're not, we don't have the money to waste on you to do this if you're not going to, you know, continue in it. Oh, I promise, I promise. She was just, you know, maybe 10 years old. I promise, I promise I'll do it, you know. And so they paid for her to take piano lessons. And they, but we didn't have a piano. So when she got home from the lesson, she couldn't do it anymore or practice until she went back to the teacher to take another lesson. And so finally, Shirley kept saying, Mama, I need a piano. I can't practice. Can you buy me a piano? Well, once again, I mean, you know, we, we didn't, Mom and Dad didn't have the money to waste on a piano if you're not going to continue it. And so Shirley promised, I'll, I'll practice, I'll practice, I'll practice. And so finally they found a used piano and they put it up in the living room. And uh, when Shirley would come home from, you know, piano lessons, then she'd go straight to the piano and she'd practice what she learned. Now I'm in my bedroom and of course we had a small house and I can hear her in there and I can hear her, you know, picking out tunes on the piano that she had learned. And so when um, all the family would leave for whatever reason, and I was the only one at home, and I knew nobody was watching, especially Kenny. Because <laughs> when I was growing up, boys didn't play pianos. They were considered sissies. <laughs> and I am not going to be a sissy, particularly in front of Kenny. Because I knew we'd fight. So I'd make sure nobody's in the house. And I'd look across the street and make sure Kenny had not slipped over to my house. Because he'd always come through the back door. We didn't keep the doors locked back then, you know. And I made sure he wasn't coming. And I'd walk in there and I'd sit down at that piano. And I'd try to pick out what I heard my sister play. And I did. And I picked it out. Then I'd get up and look out the window, make sure Kenny wasn't coming, and I'd play a little more. 
And then I'd hear my mom and dad and Shirley coming, and I'd go back to my bedroom. Nobody ever knew I was doing that. But every time they would leave, I'd slip in there and, and do it. But then one day, Kenny called me. <laughs> he come through the back door, and I didn't, I didn't know he was there. And I'm sitting at that piano, and he said, you sissy. And I bust him right in the mouth. <laughs> and I chased him out the front door and we ran through my yard and his yard and we, we were fighting over this piano. I never touched it again. And to this day, if I could find Kenny, I'd whip him again. <laughs> because there was probably something on the inside, yes. potential, and I let a lie rob me of it. Yeah. Yes. Boys are not sissies for playing pianos. That's stupid. In fact, Jesse plays the piano and it makes me so mad. He can play anything from Jerry Lee Lewis to Beethoven. And every time I go visit him, he sits down at that beautiful grand piano and gives us a private concert. And I'm, I, I just marvel at his ability. And then I want to slap him. <laughs> I think I could have done that or maybe I had the potential to do that I got robbed and that's what's happened to a lot of Christians is they get robbed of truth the truth is the blessing of God is on your life right now whether you ever tap into it the favor of God is on your life right now whether you ever tap into it it could be and it is, for a lot of Christians, wasted potential. Amen. Wasted potential. Amen. So, I want to challenge you this morning. Don't let religious tradition rob you of this truth. Because we are living in a world today that I personally believe you are not going to make it if you don't know how Amen. to operate in the blessing and the favor of God. Amen. 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 You need the blessing more and know how to operate in it and the favor of God more now than you've ever needed it before. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Now, that leads me to this. Notice in Psalm 31. Psalm 31 and verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness. Now, the word goodness and the word favor are synonymous. Goodness is what you might say, a byproduct or an attribute of the goodness of God. So when he talks about the goodness of God, he's also including the favor of God. So with that in mind, let's just, let's just substitute the word favor for goodness, okay? So I'll read it this way. Oh, how great is thy favor, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought, for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Oh, how great is thy favor, which thou has laid up. Now notice it also talks about which thou has wrought. So there's two positions here in this verse. Number one, he's talking about favor or goodness that we've already experienced. Then number two, he's talking about favor or goodness that's been laid up that we haven't yet experienced. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes. That means there, there are favor testimonies to be had. Yes. Yes. 
Amen. There are, there are favor breakthroughs to be enjoyed. Hallelujah. That you haven't had yet. Now, as I said earlier, and I, and I'm not, and if you know me well, I'm not a braggadocious person and I'm not trying to be braggadocious with this. But I do walk in an extremely high level of the favor of God. Yes, sir. Yes. Glory Copeland's told me for years and years, Jerry, I've never met anybody in my life that, that experiences more of the favor of God than you. Amen. And the reason being is I'm well versed in it. It's, it's not just a sermon with me. It's a revelation. Amen. It's the first revelation I've received from the Lord. And it's been in me now for 52 years. And consequently, I am, I am conscious of it. I'm aware of it. I expect it. I get up every day expecting the favor of God to manifest in some way. Amen. And it does. Hallelujah. It does. In fact, I've learned over the years that everywhere I go, as soon as I step out of my airplane, I say, favor, if you're looking for Jerry Savelle, I'm in Australia now. If you're looking for Jerry Savelle, I'm in Nairobi now. If you're looking for Jerry Savelle, I'm in, I'm in Moscow now. Come on me and overtake me, praise God. And everywhere I go, I come home with a favor story, a favor testimony. And Tony over here, stand up, Tony. Tony travels with me all over the world. He's one of my sons in the Lord, and he's beginning to look like me, don't you think? <laughs> Amen. And you, you, you can ask him. They'll have favor testimonies everywhere we go. Amen. Amen. And I've taught him there is a spiritual law called increase by association. What's on me, Tony, will get on you. Hallelujah. And it does. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So notice here, oh, how great is thy favor, which thou hast laid up. Another translation says treasured up, stored up. And once again, that is referring to goodness and favor not yet experienced. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more to come. And I'm thinking, my, 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 if what I've experienced so far has been this good, I don't know if I'll be able to handle what's coming. Hallelujah. But, but try me, Lord, I'll do my best. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My, my, my. If I was to start telling you favor testimonies today, I'd, I'd be here for another month at least because I have them all the time and I, and I thank God for it. I never, I never take it for granted. I'm conscious of how important it is to have an attitude of gratitude. Amen. So let's, let's, let's look at something else here that, that I really want to dwell on in particular this morning. Let's go to Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22. While you're turning there, look at somebody and say, isn't it wonderful to have the favor of God on your life? Now, verse 28, Job 22 and 28. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now, here's, here's what... I am impressed to the Lord to share with you in particular this morning. 
And I just, I just wrote down on, on my outline, the connection between speaking the favor of God and seeing the favor of God. The connection between speaking the favor of God and seeing the favor of God. It's one thing to know it's on you, but that's not enough. Because one of the basic Bible principles for releasing the God kind of faith is speaking. Amen. Words are carriers. They're vehicles. And, and words carry faith and words carry fear. Words carry prosperity. Words carry poverty. Uh, they're vehicles. And here it says, thou shalt decree. Now the word decree means to speak with authority. In other words, don't be shy about it. I, I don't, I'm not shy in declaring that I have the favor of God on my life. Now, some people may think it's boasting, but the Bible says to decree, and that means to speak boldly, speak with authority. Amen. I'm not, I'm not being uh, boastful. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not endeavoring to be high-minded, but I'm not going to deny a truth, and that truth is the favor of God is on me. I said the favor of God is on me. Go ahead and touch me, Michelle. It'll get on you. Oh, it'll come on you bigger, praise God. Amen. The favor of God is on you. Be bold to declare it. Yeah, but somebody might not understand. Well, what's new? There's a lot of things people don't understand about me and things that I say. But I'm not going to change it because they don't understand. What's important is I understand. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I mean, if I talked the way a lot of people wanted me to talk, then, then I wouldn't be talking the word. Yeah. Amen. But I'm going to speak the word. Amen. And notice it says, thou shalt decree a thing. Thou shalt speak with authority. A thing here would refer to that which God has promised about you. Something God has declared and promised that you can have, that you can be, that you can do. Yes. A thing. Amen. Now let's, let's tie all that together. Be bold to speak and to decree what God has said about you. Amen. Amen. That's just basic faith. Yes. We talk about having faith in God. This is basic faith. You all know this. Amen. Be bold to speak with authority the thing which God has said about you that you can be, that you can do, or that you can have. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says this. And Paul is quoting David. We having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now notice, this is the spirit of faith. First of all, faith believes. And secondly, faith speaks. Faith believes, and faith speaks. Say it with me. Faith believes, and faith speaks. Amen. So, the Passion Translation says it this way. First I believed, then I spoke in faith. Whatever you truly believe, you're going to talk. 
If you believe you're going to fail, you're talking failure all the time. If you believe you're going to die of some incurable disease, that's what you're talking all the time. If you believe you're going to lose your job, laid off, and lose everything you've worked hard for, that's probably the way your life is going to turn out. I'm sorry. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. Amen. Amen. It's, it's Bible truth. So apparently, we need to be selective about what comes out of our mouth. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Selective about the things that we say. Now, a lot of people say, I don't believe what I say has anything to do with it. Well, you're wrong. The Bible says it does. I remember uh, Carolyn, uh, my wife, had an uncle. He's passed away now, but uh, he and his wife, Carolyn's aunt, would come to my meetings from time to time. And he'd hear me teach along these lines, particularly about the power of words and so forth. And after the service, he'd say, uh, Jerry, I don't believe that. <laughs> Uncle Claudie. <laughs> I'd say, well, what is it about this you don't believe, Claudie? He said, I don't believe my words have anything to do with it. I said, well, Claudie, I went through the Bible and showed you what the Bible said. Yeah, but I don't believe that. My words don't have anything to do with it. Now, he loved fishing, and he's always wanting me to go fishing with him. So the first time I went fishing with him, we got out in his boat, and he drove to this specific spot on that lake that he'd fished at many times. And he got his pole, got his rod and reel out, baited it, you know, and, and, and he got up there just as close as he could under that brush and threw it right in there where he wanted it. And he said, now, Bash, you get on that you get that lure. You swallow that lure. You know you like this bait. I'm going to catch you and you know it. I stood up in the boat and said, you hypocrite. <laughs> I said, listen to what you're doing. He said, what? I said, you're talking to fish. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't catch fish out. He said, you can't catch fish out here without talking to them. I said, you hypocrite. <laughs> You just told me the night before that you didn't believe your words had anything to do with it. Well, why are you talking to the fish? Well, that's the way I fish. I said, this is the way I live. Yeah. Amen. 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 I mean, one time, several times, I went fishing with Charles Caps on the White River. And boy, where Charles would take you, I've never seen so many moccasins in all my life. And Charles would get out of the boat. And, and slap at them. They're, they're right swimming around in the water. He'd slap them with his pole. And then he'd get up there where he wanted to throw that lure. And then he'd start talking to that bass. He said, Jerry, you got to talk to him. Well, I knew Charles believed he'd have what he said. That's what he's, that was his signature message, you know. And, and I said, Charles, you're talking to these fish. Hadn't got one thing to do with it. He looked at me like, well, you teach this too. I said, no, you're nuts. Ain't nobody else would get out of the boat with moccasins and try to catch a bass. No wonder nobody comes here and fishes this place. <laughs> he said, I talk to the moccasins too. I said, well, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> talk to them and get me back to the trailer. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's a proven fact. Jesus said it. 
Solomon said it. Paul said it. David said it. The Bible says, let every word be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. How many more witnesses do we need? That your words have everything to do with your outcome. Whether you believe it or not, they have everything to do with your outcome. So he says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus said, as you well know, in the 11th chapter of Mark, verse 22 and 23, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, everybody say, say, say. unto this mountain. And notice how he connects this principle to having faith in God. Yeah. Have faith in God, whosoever shall say. So saying is a part of having faith in God. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's faith 101. Amen. How many times do you hear Charles Capps preach? How many times do you hear Kenneth Hagin preach it? Amen. You can have what you say. So notice two principles here in this verse. Believe and say. Believe and say. Look at your neighbor and say, believe and say. Not just believing only, but believing and saying. Why? Because what you believe is what's going to come out of your mouth. What you truly believe in your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Amen. Now, Jesus also said in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever's in your heart in abundance, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. You know, I remember uh, uh, there's a place in in, uh, Fort Worth, uh, close to our home, and it's called Babes. And it's it's a southern style restaurant. And they have some of the best food. It sounds like a joint, babes, but it's not. It's, a, it's, a, they, they, it's southern cooking, and it's family style. And they have some great food, and, and we like going there. And uh, it's a very popular place. A lot of times you have to stand out in line for a long time to even get a table. And then when you get in there, I mean, they're, they're seated real close. And we're, we were in there and had a couple with us one time. And uh, there was uh, four other people that came and sat right behind us. And if you moved your chair back about six inches, you hit them, you know, that close. And so this man came in with his wife and another couple. And from the time he walked in that restaurant, foul language was coming out of his mouth. Damn this, hail this. And he could not talk a whole sentence without using damn or hell. And it was... It was not pleasant. I mean, there's families in here. It's a family-oriented restaurant. And kids are in there. And you could tell it was embarrassing his wife. In fact, I turned around one time to look at him, just hoping that he'd get the hint. You know, please shut up. You're you're ruining our meal. And I didn't say anything to him. I just turned and looked. And his wife saw me. And I heard her say to him, Do you have to talk like that? Now, this is not the way I talk. I'm just going to say what he said, okay? <laughs> the hell did I do? <laughs> she said that, yeah. right there. 
You can't even open your mouth without cussing. He said, that's a damn lie. <laughs> he couldn't. Why? Because out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth spoke. That was what was in him in abundance. You, you can't change that unless you replace it with something else. You can't stand up in front of a mirror and say, I won't cuss again, I won't cuss again, I won't cuss again, I won't cuss again. And then you walk off and say, well, that didn't work, did it? No, you'll wind up cussing again because you didn't replace it. Your heart is like a computer. You have to reprogram it. Amen? That's what Paul is referring to about renewing the mind. Amen. You know, I, I, I didn't talk a lot of filthy words before I got saved, but I used them from time to time, you know. And, and I didn't change that because I stood up in front of a mirror and said I won't cuss again. I changed it by replacing it with the Word of God. Right. And there came a time to where that was no longer a part of my vocabulary. And it hasn't been for 52 years. Hallelujah. Amen. So notice here, believe and say. Now the Passion Translation says, believe that it will happen and it will be done. What you say out of your mouth and you believe in your heart, if you'll believe that it will happen, then it will be done. Now how many of you found that to be true in your life? I mean, that's the way I live 24-7. That's the way I live. I remember one time Charles Capps and I were preaching in Springfield, Missouri. No, I take it back. It was in uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma, another time in Springfield. But we were in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and we were doing a full gospel businessmen regional convention, and Charles and myself and uh, uh, Bill Bozanski and uh, uh, Vicki Jameson were the speakers. And Demas Shakarian, who was the founder of Full Gospel Businessmen, was there, and he announced that first evening that in the morning, Jerry Savelle will speak first and then Charles Capps will follow him in the morning sessions. And so the next morning, uh, they introduced me and I said jokingly, I said, well, Charles Capps and I are good friends. So I'll just take his time too. And then I began teaching. And I looked at him, my watch after a while and I, I thought, well, I still have some time, so I kept teaching. And I looked down at my watch again, and it hadn't moved too much, and I thought, well, I still have time. My watch had stopped. I didn't know it. <laughs> I didn't know my watch had stopped. And I said, what time is it? And Charles said, well, I said, Charles, I'm sorry. I said, come on up here. Well, it's almost time to quit now. I took his time, too. And Charles said, um, Jerry believes he can have what he says, and he just proved it. Good night. <laughs> and he closed the service down. Didn't say another word. And then when he finally got to talk the next day, he said, Jerry has programmed his spirit to believe what comes out of his mouth he can have. And even when he jokes, he gets what he says. So be careful about your jokes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You can program your, your spirit.
to believe that what comes out of your mouth is what you're going to have. Hallelujah. Now, this is Bible, folks. This is not Jerry 101. This is Bible. I'm not reading from 1 Jerry. I'm reading from Mark. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Now, say it with me again. Believe and say. Believe now, and why, say. why am I emphasizing this? Because Job twenty two twenty eight said, Thou shalt decree a thing. And that thing we're talking about this morning is the favor of God. Amen. Thou shalt decree the favor of God amen. on your life. Amen. And it shall be established unto thee. Now, in the little Hebrew, one of the meanings of the word established means if you will say this or decree this enough, eventually it will become a common occurrence. You don't just leave the service and say, oh, I'm going to do that. And say one time, yeah. the favor of God's on me. Yeah. And then never bring it up again, never talk it again. No, it says, if thou shalt decree a thing, Speak it with authority, Amen. like you mean it, like you believe it. It will be established if you say it enough and repeatedly and often, yes. then it will become a common occurrence in your life. Amen. In other words, it'll start happening to you all the time. Yeah. I rest my case. Amen. That's what I do. Amen. And that's what I've been doing for 52 years. I talk it all the time. I don't just talk the favor of God when I'm preaching about it. I talk it all the time. I talk it in the store. I talk it in the airport. I talk it everywhere I go. Anyone that knows me well knows that every time uh, they're around me, some, at some point they're going to hear me talk about the favor of God. Why? It's in me in abundance. It's what comes out of me. And consequently, it's happening to me all the time. Hallelujah. And God's no respecter of persons. It can happen to you just as frequently as it happens to me, but it won't happen to you as frequently as it happens to me if you're not doing what I'm doing. Amen. You missed an opportunity to give the Lord a good shout. Amen. Amen. Now, believe and say. Say it again. Believe and say. Now, what does it truly mean to believe? Let me give you one, one dictionary's definition of what it means to believe. To have a firm persuasion of a truth, a declaration, or a promise. To have a firm persuasion of a truth, a declaration, or a promise. Now that promise or that declaration or that truth that we're referring to this morning is the favor of God. Now how do we know that's truth? Because Jesus said, in John chapter 17, referring to God's word, thy word is truth. Amen. God's word is truth. Amen. And if God's word says we have the blessing, it's truth. Amen. If God's word says we have favor, it's truth. Amen. So the dictionary says it is a firm persuasion of a truth, a declaration or a promise. Uh, another dictionary said to believe is to expect with confidence. Or you could say to have a confident expectation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To believe is to have confident expectation. Now, once again, Jesus said, believe and say. Job said, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. So when we apply these principles, 
then what we're saying is, if you will speak about the favor of God on your life frequently, often, in fact, continually. And one of, the, one of the meanings of the word, the strongest meaning for the word continually is without interruption. In other words, don't just do it occasionally. Do it all the time. All the time. Look at your neighbor and say, all the time. Well, Brother Jerry, I can't talk about favor all the time. Well, you can sure talk about negative things all the time. Sometimes people you come in contact with, you hear the same old negative story every time they open their mouth. They don't have any problem telling that. Well, if they can be negative, I can be positive. (laughs) It's a choice. It's a decision. Amen. And I made that decision 52 years ago. And I'm still living by it, praise God. So notice here, to believe is to have confident expectation. Now, Psalm 62, 5 says, and I'm quoting David, my expectation is from you. My expectation is from God. In other words, everything I expect, I do so because I found it in the Bible. My expectation comes from Him. See, that, that way, if it comes from Him, then you're not dealing with false hope. Amen? You're dealing with truth. My expectation comes from Him. I found it in His Word. It's not a false hope. Amen? It's confident expectation that I say it. I believe it. I say it. And he will make it happen. It Amen. will be established Amen. in my life. Yes, Are you still here? Yes, Look at your neighbor and say, this is a wonderful sermon. Why aren't you shouting more? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, now, back to Matthew twelve thirty four. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Listen to the Passion Translation. For what has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. What has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. Amen. There there is an overflow of the favor of God in my heart. That's the reason I talk it all the time. I talk it all the time. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you truly believe that you have the favor of your life, favor of God on your life right now? Amen. You truly believe that? Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe that. Amen. Now, let me ask it in light of what we found from the dictionary. Let me ask it this way. How many of you truly believe you have a firm persuasion of the truth that you have the favor of God on your life? Amen. Let me ask it another way, according to what Paul said in about Abraham in Romans chapter 4 and verse 21. He was fully persuaded. How many of you are fully persuaded? I'm talking about fully persuaded. You know, it used to be an old country western song called I Was Almost Persuaded. I'm not almost persuaded I have the favor of God. I am fully persuaded. I'm kind of like that little Pillsbury Doughboy. You come and poke me in the belly and favor comes out. (laughs) He would giggle, you know, but but you poke me in the belly and favor. 
That's the favor of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like that illustration, whether you do or not. Anyway, <laughs> and don't go around calling me Pillsbury, okay? <laughs> All right, now listen to this. When a person is fully persuaded, then they cannot be convinced that it will be any other way. If you're fully persuaded, then you cannot be convinced that it will be any other way. Nothing anyone else says can change what you believe when you're fully persuaded. Now, does that describe you and how you feel about the favor of God on your life? Are you fully persuaded? I trust that's the way you feel. And that's what you believe, that the favor of God's on your life. Well, I'm saying all that. Because the Lord said to me, coming into 2021, tell the people everywhere you preach to get ready for an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness and the favor of God. Get ready for an unprecedented outpouring of the goodness and the favor of God. And I'm already experiencing it. And I get testimonies from people all over the world that have heard me preach this that are experiencing it. Many that have been traveling with us have given me testimonies about it. And praise God, it's not, I'm not an isolated case. It's not just for me. It's for you just as much as it is for me. But it's not going to happen to you if you're not doing what I'm doing. Amen. I talk it all the time. I decree it all the time. I believe it and I say it. Amen. Amen. All the time. I also learned many, many years ago uh, to do this. Every time the favor of God manifests in my life, the Lord said to me, stop right then. Say out loud. I don't care where you are, grocery store, airport, shopping center. If the favor of God manifests in some way, stop right then and say out loud. That's the favor of God. And he said, the more you do that, the more you will expect it. And the more you expect it, the more you'll see it. And I do that all the time. I don't care if it's nothing more than getting a parking place in front of the restaurant. And everybody else is driving around looking for one. I will say, haven't you heard me say it? Haven't you heard me say it? That's the favor of God. Hey, that's the favor of God. You know, uh, somebody buys me a meal. I mean, that happens from quite often. And I don't know the waiter will come up and say, your meal has been paid for. And I don't know who did it. And they say, uh, if I ask, well, who, who paid it? I'd like to thank them. They told me not to tell you. That waiter will hear me say, that's the favor of God. Amen. And many times they say, what? <laughs> I said, that's the favor of God. They don't understand what I'm doing, but they don't have to. I understand what I'm doing. I've had this happen so many times in airports where I had to change my flight. You know, flying a commercial airline, had to change my flight and, and have to go somewhere earlier than I anticipated and go up uh, to, the, to, go to the airport and ask for a first-class seat and be told there are no more first-class seats. And they'll hear me say, well, that's subject to change. And many times I get this response. What would you say? That's subject to change. No, sir. I can show you right here. They're all full. Well, that's subject to change. Well, why would you say that? 
Because the Apostle Paul said things which are seen right. are temporal. Amen. That means subject to change. Amen. And sometimes I'll just stand there. And I'm telling you, it's happened more times than I can count. Hallelujah. Somebody will come out of the back room and say, Hey, Brother Jerry, where are you going today? I say, Well, I'm trying to get back to DFW. And, uh, well, have you already booked the flight? I said, well, I was on a, a later flight, but I have to change, and I'm, I'm endeavoring to get on this flight. Well, let me see here. Well, it shows that all of our first-class seats are, are reserved. Uh, I'll be right back. And they'll come back, and they'll say, Brother Jerry, would the bulkhead be all right, the first seat? I said, yeah, that'd be wonderful. That's the favor of God. Okay, I'll arrange it for you. Now, I want to tell that. That other lady that was waiting on me, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that, you know. <laughs> it was subject to change, Amen. and it was the favor of God. God. I got to tell you this story. It's my sermon. I want to hear it again anyway. <laughs> One time that happened to me, and I was flying back from London to DFW, and I had to get back earlier because there was an emergency back home that I had to take care of and they managed to get me in this first class seat favor of God now I sat next to this man and when when we boarded I saw the captain I saw the captains come on and one of them as he was going into the cockpit he turned around and he did a double take and he said hey Jerry uh, I'll come back and talk to you after we take off I said great and in a little while, this flight attendant come up. She said, Jerry Savelle, I have your book on favor in my, in my uh, briefcase. Would you autograph it for me? I said, I'd be happy to. And in a little while, you know, after we took off, another flight attendant come up and said, she told me that you were on our flight. Uh, could you sign my book too? I said, I'd be happy to. In a little while, this guy sitting next to me. Now, his exact words. I don't talk this way, but his exact words. I don't know who you are, but I ain't had no damn service since you got on this plane. I, he said, who are you? I said, highly favored. Thank you. Yeah. That's the last thing he Amen. said to me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. The favor of God, it'll work anywhere and it'll Amen. work everywhere. The Bible says all these blessings you can't have blessings without favor shall come on you and overtake you. Where? In the city, in the field, coming in, going out. That pretty well covers everywhere you go. And it can happen anywhere and everywhere. And get ready, as T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's about to come on you more than you have ever experienced in your life. Hallelujah. An unprecedented outpouring of the goodness and the favor of God. And somebody give you a best shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? I am here today for this purpose. I don't believe I go anywhere by coincidence. I'm under assignment of the Lord. And I'm here today to help, and I wrote this down, to help take your expectancy to another level. That's what I came for. Amen. (laughs) It's what I do. And that leads me to another story. (laughs) These guys, they've all heard it. 
but that's the price of following me around. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching, I don't watch basketball that often, but I happened to be home and was watching the NBA finals a number of years ago. And I think San Antonio was playing in the finals, if I remember correctly. Did they win the championship one year? And that was probably the only year they won it, and I watched it, okay. But it was the final game. And they weren't supposed to win. Nobody thought they was going to win the championship, but they did. And so then they went into the locker room with the players. And there's one player sitting on the bench, and he's got his locker open, getting ready to shower and change and everything. And they put that microphone up in front of his face and said, how did you guys win this championship? Nobody believed you were winning, going to win this championship. And he just stood up and said, it's what we do, man. It's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I tell everybody, my assignment is to raise your expectation. Amen. It's what I do, man. It's what I do. <laughs> if your expectations don't get any higher in here today, it ain't my fault. Amen. Because it's what I do, man. It's what I do. (laughs) Amen. Anybody's expectations getting higher already? Praise God. Now, let me read Psalm 31, 19 from the Passion Translation. This will help your expectations. Lord, how wonderful you are. You have stored up so many good things for us like a treasure chest heaped up and spilling over with blessings, all for those who honor and worship you. I love that phrase. Like a treasure chest heaped up and spilling over. Amen. And what is that treasure chest full of? The goodness, the blessings, and the favor of God. And who is it for? All those that honor and worship Him. Are there any candidates in here this morning? Amen. Amen. Now, here's what I like to say based on that. A treasure chest full and spilling over with manifestations of God's favor like I've never experienced before is waiting on me. I'm going to say it again. A treasure chest full and spilling over with manifestations of God's favor like I've never experienced before is waiting on me. That's what I say. You can join me if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to, but that's what I'm saying. And I've been saying it all year because the Lord said to me, tell the people everywhere you go that it'll be a year for an unprecedented outpouring of goodness and favor like they've never experienced before. So therefore, I'm decreeing it. I get up decreeing it. I decree it all through the day. I decree it the last thing I say before I go to bed at night. Thank you, Lord, for this treasure chest full of and spilling over manifestations of your favor that have been waiting on me. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, going back to Job twenty-two twenty-eight, and I'll wrap it up with this. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. 
There's one commentary called the pulpit commentary that, that says this about this verse. Whatever you resolve and say, God shall ratify it with his authority and bring it to pass for your benefit. Can I say that again? I read this out of the pulpit commentary. Whatever you resolve and say, God shall ratify it with his authority and bring it to pass for your benefit. Now, the word resolve means to decide and to settle conclusively. To decide and to settle conclusively. How many of you have decided conclusively that the favor of God is on your life? And how many of you have decided conclusively that you're headed for your best days of manifestation of the favor of God? If you haven't already, I suggest you do so before you leave this service this morning. Decide that. Make a quality decision that this is what's going to happen to you for the remainder of this year and beyond. It it won't end at the end of this year. It just begins this year. Amen. Amen. We're tapping into that goodness and favor that's been in store, that's been in reserve, that treasure chest. Now, the word ratify, it says that God shall ratify it. It means to confirm and to approve. In other words, if you talk, if you decree, the favor of God is on your life, and you talk it enough, then God is going to approve it, and He's going to ratify it. He's going to confirm it with signs following. Glory to God. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Amen. You could say it this way. If you decide and settle conclusively that there is a treasure chest full of and spilling over of God's favor waiting for you, then he will approve what you say and he will confirm it and cause it to be established and happen to you time and time and time again. And you lift your hands and say, thank God for that. Amen. All right. I'm just about finished. I love closing. Sometimes I do it four or five times. (laughs) Now, the Amplified Bible, if this doesn't, if this doesn't clarify it, I don't know what I could say after that. Listen to the Amplified Bible of Job 22, 28. You shall also decide. Decision is first. Decide. If you walk out of here today and say, what a good little sermon that little preacher gave us, and that's the end of it. You didn't decide. Amen. You didn't resolve. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 2, if you don't mix faith with the word priest, it won't profit you. You can walk right out of here and, and hear all this and it not be of any benefit to you if you don't decide and choose to decree. Okay? You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And listen to this. It's the Amplified Version. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Amen. Hallelujah. I could have been a lawyer. I'll rest my case. The light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Now notice here, there is a divine connection between decreeing it and seeing it. Did you get it? Decreeing it 
and seeing it. Amen. David said in Psalm 91, I will say. And then a verse later it says, and he shall. I will say and he shall. Amen. Amen. That's how you activate God is you saying what he says. You say what he says and he shall. He shall what? Ratify it. He shall approve it. He shall confirm it. Hallelujah. I will say and he shall. I will say I'm headed for an unprecedented outpouring of the favor of God and he shall make it happen. Hallelujah. I have preached myself happy. I don't know what I've done for you, but praise God, I'm a happy camper. Amen. Job once said, Job 37, 19, teach us what we shall say. Teach us what we shall say. Don't just talk anything off the top of your head. Find out what God's Word says. Then make that what you choose to speak. David in another psalm talked about this importance of saying continually. Psalm 35, 27. Let them say continually. He went on to say it in Psalm 40, 16. Let them say continually. Psalm 70, verse 4. Let them say continually. What does continually mean? Frequently. All the time. And its strongest form, without interruption. In other words, don't just do it when you're inspired. And then you don't see anything happen. And then you quit. No, talk it all the time. You know the devil's not going to roll over and play dead and let all this happen to you without a fight. Amen. But praise God, you keep decreeing it frequently, regularly, continually, without interruption, and God will ratify it. He will approve it. He will confirm it, and he'll cause it to become a common occurrence in your life. Somebody give the Lord a good shout, praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, the more you say it, the more you'll see it. Say it again. The more you say it, the more you'll see it. Say it one more time. The more I say it, the more I'll see it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. For those of you that are not aware, I'm sure most of you are, I have written, and I, I, I say this as humbly as I know how, I've probably written more books on the subject of favor, taught more sermons on the subject of favor, produced more resources on the subject of favor than any other minister of our generation. And that's because that's my signature message. And one of my first books on the subject of favor is called The Favor of God. (laughs) Amen. And one of the things I learned 50 years ago, 50 years ago, was 10 major benefits of walking in the favor of God. They're all in here. I don't have time to expound upon them. But I have used them for 52 years. And praise God, the testimonies have been absolutely outstanding. Astounding. So if you've never picked up this book on the favor of God, there's other materials back there on that subject. But this, this, this is a good starting place because this is the first one I wrote on the subject many years ago and have written many, many more since then. In fact, working on another one right now. The favor of God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, mix my faith I mix my faith today, today 
with the word I've heard preached. And I believe that your favor is upon me. And I'm headed for an unprecedented outpouring of your favor like I've never experienced before. I'll leave this place talking about it, decreeing it, declaring it boldly, without interruption. And I expect you to approve it, confirm it, and cause it to be established in my life, in Jesus' name. And I'm thanking you in advance for it. Come on, give the Lord your best shout. Thank him in advance for it. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise God. Stand to your feet if you will, please. You received today?